Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad you're joining us today for our service. My name's Megan, and I'm the Women's Ministry Director here. We've got a few things coming up that we want to make you aware of. Um, our Easter services are just around the corner, and so we have a Good Friday service on Friday, April 15th at 7 p.m., and we're going to be meeting in the Worship Center, so we'd love for you to come join us for that. And then on Sunday the 17th, we have our Easter service over in the Atascadero High School Stadium. So that's going to be at 10 a.m. It's a family service, and we would really love for you to come out and join us for that. Uh, we have got a new Connections class coming. So if that's something that you've been interested in being a part of um, and learning more about, we would really like for you to sign up for that class. It's a great way to get to know our staff and the pastors, get a little bit of info about our church, and just meet some new people and get some fellowship. So if you'd like to sign up for that, want more information, it starts on Sunday, April 24th at the 9 a.m. service, and you can email Lori for more information or to sign up. Hey everyone, summer is coming and we want to let you know about our VBS program that we're having here at ABC. We're excited to invite kids onto campus for the week of June 13th through the 17th. Um, our theme is to is make waves. So we want you guys to come out, sign up your kids. If you have incoming kindergarten through fifth graders for the next school year, um, they're welcome to come and join us and space will fill up. So I encourage you to get online and sign up um, as soon as you can. You can find that registration form on our website. And we're also looking for volunteers. So if you think that this would be a fun opportunity, come hang out with kids all week. You'll be tired. You'll have a great time. Uh, you won't want to miss it. So we would really love for you to join our team. You can also find the registration form for signing up for a volunteer on the website um, and get more information on the different areas that we're looking for and what that entails. Um, but we really encourage you to come and be a part of that week with us. Uh, thanks for joining us for service today. We hope you have a great week. Well, good morning. Welcome to ABC. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I'm glad you're tuning in. Uh, we're in this series through Matthew, and I'm really appreciating Matthew's approach. There are some sections here that he's describing the life of Jesus um, with, with some length and detail, and yet other sections that he, uh, he just uses such brevity and yet um, goes through these really profound and important moments. And that's uh, the passage we have today. It's just four short verses, but um, in, in these four short verses, um, something really weighty is happening as he calls his first disciples. I brought my fishing net this morning. Um, this is a fishing net. Not sure if you've seen one. Um, and uh, it's got weights on the bottom. This is the actual fishing net. And this is exactly what they used back in the first century. You would throw this over the boat or off the shore and it kind of makes a circle and then the weights fall to the ground and capture whatever fish happened to be in the net. And uh, then you pull it up and the fish come up. And so we've got these fishermen in chapter four that Matthew's describing that were using nets like this and they were catching fish. And uh, they also had longer, bigger nets. Um, I'm just gonna imagine, even though this doesn't smell like first century fish, um, that it's exactly just like this. So they're using these nets and they're throwing them over. And the thing that uh, was so valuable about this net is that it represented their livelihood, that this net was more than just a fishing net. It was more than just a tool. This net was their identity in some sense, fishermen. This net was their self-worth. This. This net was their security. And so when Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4 um, that they put down their nets, or when Matthew describes that scene, 
there's something very significant happening when these men put down their nets. And it might not be for you a fishing net. It might not look like this. Um, might not smell like a fishing net. Um, this one I actually haven't used yet, um, but I plan to. So if anybody wants to show me how to use it, we can go on a little trip, it'd be fun. Um, might not be a fishing net for you, but there's a chance that there are nets in your life, things that you get tangled up in, things that represent identity or self-worth or livelihood that sometimes we can get bound by and weigh us down. And the call of the gospel in this passage this morning is to put down your nets, to come and follow Jesus. And as we look at this passage in Matthew chapter 4, I mentioned it's just a very short, a brief description of what took place. And so I want to, before we read it, I want to give you some context and some background from the book of Luke, because Luke describes this scene with a lot more detail. And he says that Jesus was coming down to the Sea of Galilee, and he was standing by the shore of Galilee, and he began to teach, and his teaching was bringing a whole crowd of people. And so he's surrounded, and as he gets surrounded, he sees two boats off the shore right there. And so he steps into one of the boats, and the boat happens to belong to Simon, who's now called Peter, and Jesus begins teaching from Peter's boat. And in a little bit, Peter is in the boat with Jesus, and Jesus says to Peter, let's push off shore a little bit and go drop the nets. And Peter says, Jesus, I fished all night in this lake, and we didn't catch a thing. And we're certainly not going to catch something in broad daylight. And Jesus says, just do it anyway. So they push off. Peter throws his net in, and he starts to pull in boat loads of fish. He starts to grab onto the rope from his fishing net and pull and pull and pull and the weight gets heavier and heavier and he throws the net back in again and he pulls another load of fish in. James and John, his fishing business partners, see that he's struggling to pull these fish in. So they take their boat out and they start to fill their boat. Peter throws them the line and they're pulling their nets in and they fill two boats full of fish, so much so that the boats almost started to sink. And as they pause in that moment in awe of what took place, and Jesus looks at the fish and he looks at these fishermen and he says, now I'm going to teach you to fish for men. And in that instant, in that moment, it was as if they knew exactly what he meant and they dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. And from that point forward, they entered into this profound spiritual story with a new purpose, an eternal identity an entirely new career path. They dropped their nets and followed him. Look what it says in Matthew chapter four, verse 18. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. And so we see this profound scene take place where these men apparently leave everything, their family, their career, their livelihood to follow Jesus. And you might know that story well. It's something that we talk about often when Jesus calls his first disciples, these four men who are fishermen. 
And yet I think we make the assumption that Jesus was calling them to disavow their family of origin, their tradition, their, um, their career and livelihood, that, that it was going to be dismissed forever from here forward. And I just don't think that's true. I think what he was calling them to is to use the nautical training, to use the navigational skills, the fishing background, to leverage their family context and their relationships for a new purpose. And the invitation for Jesus was to follow me saying, I'll help you use all of those tools to catch men instead of fish. I'm going to reset the target, reset the goal, refocus your vision on something that's more significant, more eternal, more lasting than fishing for fish. And so the invitation becomes for Peter, for Andrew, for James, and for John, put down your nets. I want to walk through a few of the nets that maybe have entangled these men, maybe have entangled us. Some of the nets that allow us to stay grounded in um, the earth and in the world as opposed to being lifted to heaven and eternity. The first is the, the net worth of these men. It's the first point there on the outline. If you look at verse 18, it says, While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were, what? Fishermen. They were fishermen. This was their identity. This is who they were. Their net worth existed in this title. Even in the first century, men and women were tempted to be known, tended to be known, by what they did, or rather what they could do. Not so much um, who they were as a, as a child of God or who they were as a child of their parents, but who they were based on what they could do. And Satan, from the beginning of time, has capitalized on this lie, the lie that our identity can be deduced, deduced down to the sum of what we do. Simon, Andrew, James, and John, they grew up as fishermen raised in the family trade, following in their father's footsteps, living in the most populated rural town in Galilee, a place where there was trade everywhere, a place that was centered around metalsmiths and masons and butchers and tanners, a place where you were your father's protege growing up. Regardless of your religious education or maybe if you were to pursue an alternative path in terms of uh, be becoming a, following a rabbi and trying to pursue religious elitism, you would still have learned your father's trade. Take a look at this photo, a drawing of what this town could have looked like. So you have fish there drying out on the rooftop. You have masons down there building a brick wall. You have people um, working through uh, the grain processing that. In fact, Galilee had only the only fish processing plant in the region. These men were tradesmen, boys growing up, following in the footsteps of their father. So Simon and Peter, what's your net worth? Andrew, John, James, what's your net worth? Tattered nets, a squeaky fishing boat, however many fish you could pull in in a, in a week's time. Jesus took what they did and he called them to do it with newness. He called them to, to a new perspective, to an eternal destination. And he says of them in verse 19, I will make you, Jesus says, 
not what you do, not who your father is or what he did, but what I will make you. The sum of who you are, fishermen, will no longer be the boat or the lines or the nets, but what I will make of you. It's precisely what God says to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 when he says, I will make you a great nation. You will not be defined by what you do. You will be defined by what I make of you. And Jesus calls them to a new net worth, a new identity. Last week, uh, we had the opportunity, myself and um, another couple, Dan and Ashley Rohde, went to uh, Kansas City to participate with... um, this organization that we're partnering with in in missions um, called the Freedom Initiative Church. And Freedom Initiative has planted churches in prison all throughout the Kansas kind of regional area. And then they've planted churches on the outside of prison. And when these inmates um, come out of prison, they step back into a church that looks very similar to the church that they were a part of on the inside. And so we had the opportunity to go into the prison and participate in a church service where we had uh, prisoners who had been there some five, seven, eight, ten years. Some had uh, months left to serve. Others had years left to serve. But the fact was they had given their lives to Jesus, were surrendered to Jesus, were growing as disciples of Christ continuing to learn what it meant uh, to be good followers of Jesus and growing in a church context together in a church that was entirely led by inmates. The sermon was done by an inmate. The worship team uh, was inmates. And they had scripture readings and prayer and communion all led by inmates, peer-led. And so they have this church where they're growing together. And then they come out of prison and they step into a church that's already established, that's moving exactly the same way that the church in prison is moving. And they make this successful transition in growing in Christ. Here's the key to that story, is that those men who have dropped their nets, who've dropped their net worth, who've who've taken the label off, the world, the society's given them a label that they're worthless, that they're criminals, that they're that they're they're screw-ups, and they've taken that label off and said, I'm going to be what Jesus makes me to be, what Jesus tells me I am, not what someone else tells me I am, and I'm going to step into the story, the kingdom story, the eternal story, and allow for him to speak his truth, his identity over me, and the impact is profound. As we met the pastor of the church on the outside who was in prison for 10 years leading this church, On the inside, we met a guy who just got out of prison in January, who was a part of the church, was the pastor of the inside church for a year before coming out. We met the current pastor of the church on the inside. He gets out in four months and he's gonna transition out into Freedom Initiative on the outside. These transitions back into the community where they're restoring and reconciling relationships, where they're stepping into full-time career paths, where they're growing in Christ as disciples, where they're raising up other disciples. The, the young man that shared the message <clears throat> four months ago, he wasn't following Jesus. And he started meeting with a couple of these guys in the church and they start explaining to him, God has a new story for you. God has a new net worth for you, a new identity for you. Drop those nets, drop the baggage of what everybody's telling you you are and embrace this new story. And so he did and he's following Jesus and he's growing in Christ studying the word, and he shares a message on Sunday as we're there at the church, a beautiful message that that weaves through his story of redemption. 
And so we, we understand as we process through what Jesus is calling these men to and what he's calling these men back there in Kansas City to and what he's calling those of us who live here in Atascadero or the North County area to, that he's, he's knowing and understanding all the labels and all of the nets that we've gotten tangled up in. And he's saying, please drop your nets and follow me. I'll give you a new name. It'll be what I make of you. I will make you fishers of men. And then he resets their goal. And he gives them a new net goal. I will make you, verse 19, fishers of men. Jesus reorients the target for Peter and for Andrew, for James and John. I imagine the conversation between Jesus and Peter as he's in the boat and the the boats are overflowing with fish. James and John are in their boat. Their boat's overflowing with fish. And Peter's dumbfounded. In fact, Luke says he falls at his feet in worship because he's in awe of what Jesus has just done through this miracle. But imagine the crowd now that's gathered on the shore watching this miracle take place. And I imagine Peter looking down at the fish and looking up at the people and Jesus catching his eye and saying, Peter, I'm going to teach you to fish for men now. And they look to the shore at this sea of men. And he says, lift your eyes from the water. We're not going to fish from the water anymore. We're fishing from the shore. And he reorients this target. And Peter understands in that moment that there's a new objective. Same tools, maybe. Maybe not a net. (laughs) Same principles. Hard work. Tenacity. Focus. Preparation. But we're going to fish for men. Move the target. Luke chapter 5, verse 10 describes it this way. It says, Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they brought their boats to the land, they left everything and followed him. They understood the eternal value in what they were doing, that although fishing was going to provide some food, was going to pay the bills, was going to give them some sort of security that fishing for men was going to give them eternal significance. I had this conversation uh, with my kids a couple years ago. We were talking about how Jesus instructs us to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. Rather than storing up each earthly possessions, right? Rather than just filling our boats with fish and trying to get as many material resources and possessions as we can, we're supposed to focus on eternal things, eternal treasure. And I remember my son, as we're having this conversation, asking, I maybe shared this story before, he asked, what's the treasure? What, what's the treasure I'm supposed to store up in heaven? And I didn't have a good answer for him at the time. It was a great question. If I'm supposed to store up for myself things in heaven as opposed to things on earth, I know what storing up on earth looks like. It's having a you know, healthy savings account or planning well or maybe collecting you know, some things so that I make sure I have enough and whatever that is. But what does it mean to store up for ourselves treasure in heaven? And we all hear the comments about having a mansion in heaven, you know, if you do eternal, eternally significant things that some people are going to have more than others. And we think in these very material um, ways, and I just don't know that that's all that biblically accurate, um, although I do know God's preparing a place for us. But what I do know is that our treasure, when we get to heaven, will likely be in those that have joined us. Our treasure will be the people 
The most significant thing we could store up for ourselves in heaven is people that can enjoy eternity with us. And that's why Jesus says, we're not fishing for fish anymore. We're not trying to provide some kind of, you know, bank account that's going to be nice and healthy and, and we're going to be able to fall back on it when a, when a drought comes. We're trying to store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. So we're not fishing for fish anymore. We're fishing for people, for men. And we want you to bring as many people along with you into eternity as you can, because that is the call of God. That is the plan and the kingdom of God is that we will grow his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And as people give their lives and surrender to God, they're going to place their faith in him for eternity so that we can enjoy each other for all eternity, worshiping God, enjoying him, living on the new heaven and the new earth without the pain and the frustration and, and the grief and the toiling and the fighting, all of that gone. And so store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Realign your vision, reset the target, take it off of the world, take it off of what's below you or in front of you and put it on what's above you. Let's fish for men, for women, for people. It's an eternal perspective. And these men didn't know it yet, but they had replaced a very mundane purpose with an eternal mission. And, and they didn't probably understand that what they were embarking on would be a legendary journey that would be written of and spoken of for years and years to come. They left their nets, their livelihood, their safety, and followed him. And that's the third net that I think we get tangled up in. It's the safety nets. There are a lot of things that we need protecting from in our world. A lot of things that we need to insulate ourselves from, maybe our kids. There's a lot of ways we could protect our future or our livelihood, and in many ways, these nets. As you think about a fisherman, a first century fisherman, sitting, mending a net, laying these nets out after a, a long night of fishing to dry, picking all of the weeds out of them, cleaning them, making sure that they didn't rot, tying up little loose ends that uh, places where they had torn, fixing the weights that, that lie on the bottom. In, in many ways, they were ensuring their livelihood. They were protecting their investment. In fact, these casting nets were just one small part of the trade. They had these long, they're called seen nets. Hundreds of feet worth of nets where they would stretch them out across the lake and hold one end on the boat and bring that net up to the shore and capture all the fish that were in between where they tied off the boat and, or where they tied off the net and where they swept with the boat. Hundreds of feet. In fact, Jesus refers to one of these seen nets in Matthew chapter 17 when he's talking about um, the kingdom of God and, and the nets of the kingdom. And so they, they spent most of their waking hours mending nets. A fisherman would have spent far more time preparing and restoring and protecting and mending the net than they would have actually spent fishing because that's where their investment lie. It was the tools of the trade. And I don't, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with being a good steward of the things that we have. In fact, Jesus talks about that too. He talks about in the parable of talents, you know, you know go invest your things well, protect your investments, be a good steward of the things that you, you have and the things that God has given you. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about placing your safety and your identity and your hope in these material and earthly things. 
Laying down your safety net means stop trusting in your material resources, and yet we have a tendency, particularly as a Western culture, to store up for ourselves safeguards, emergency funds, reserves, insurance, with an attempt to mitigate any downfall that should come from any tragedy. Jesus even says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what will we wear? For the Gentiles seek after those things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Seek the kingdom of God, not the safety net, and the material things will be taken care of. Drop your safety net. Put down your nets. In John 21, the end of the gospel, fast forward through the the life and the ministry of Jesus, the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus, and join me all the way at the end of the story. Peter goes out fishing in John chapter 21. Apparently he still had access to a boat, and Jesus shows up on the shore. And he calls out, hey, Peter, have you caught anything? No, nothing. He says, throw your, throw your net on the other side. And so Peter throws his net on the other side. And if you remember the story, there was 153 fish that swarmed to that net. And he went in and they had breakfast together and had these amazing moments. This is after Jesus was already resurrected. But here's the most interesting thing about this um, to me in the context of our story today is we assume that Jesus was calling Peter and Andrew and James and John to leave everything, to disavow their family trade, to, to leave their identity as a fisherman to follow him. And, and some of that is true, but the reality is that when they go back to fishing after the resurrection, Jesus didn't chastise him for that. He didn't rebuke the disciples for being out in the boat. They had already seen the resurrection. They had already seen Jesus resurrected. And it wasn't as if this was some kind of backup plan that as if following Jesus was dismissing the family business to never look back. I think if, if that's what he intended, he would have corrected them. Why are you fishing, Peter? We talked about this. You're supposed to be fishing for men. No, Jesus didn't say that. What he did is he said, Peter, th throw them on the other side. Remember, Peter, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to set the target. I'm going to set the goal. I'm going to show you where to go. I'm going to fulfill every identity craving that you have. I'm going to tell you who you are and what you're made of. I'm going to give you your value and your worth and your safety and your provision. I'm going to be the one to chart the course for you. So if you just follow me, Peter, remember, I'm going to be right there with you and I'm going to continue leading. doesn't mean that you're not going to fish. doesn't mean that you don't get hungry and you might not need to pull some fish in the boat and go have a, a cookout. It doesn't mean that you might not go work and have business. It doesn't mean that you're not going to do anything with your family, that you're not going to participate with your mom and dad and the work and business that they've built for you. No, it's about doing it different. It's it's about looking at it in a different context, in a kingdom mindset. If you're a carpenter, Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you a builder of my church. If you're a parent, 
Jesus says, follow me and I'll make you a discipler of your children. If you're a farmer, follow me and I will reap a harvest of righteousness through you. If you're a writer, Jesus is saying, follow me and I'll help you write a new story. If you're a business owner, Jesus is saying, follow me and I'll make you a kingdom entrepreneur. It's not dismissing what we do, the skills that we have, the trade that we've embraced. It's not walking away from all of that. It's using those tools in a way that realigns what you do with the kingdom of God. It's a new way of working. It's not being entangled in the nets. It's not being caught up in the self-worth of of what we do. Jesus joined Peter in his pursuit of fish that day. And he reminded him, I will provide for you, Peter. Drop the safety net. Let me set the goal, Peter. Let go of your net goals. Let me define your worth, Peter. Release your net worth. And the invitation of Jesus becomes very plain and simple. Put down your nets and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. It's possible that you're listening this morning and whatever the net is for you, whatever has kept you from following Jesus, whatever you may be entangled up in, you haven't, you haven't let go of. It's possible that you've heard these teachings of Jesus for the last few weeks or months and you've been walking around carrying a net, maybe, maybe with it stuck a little bit, it's keeping you from moving forward. Maybe you're tangled a little bit by, by what someone else says you are. Maybe you're tangled up a little bit by the material things of the world that are kind of holding you back, that's making you feel like you've got to provide or you've got to perform or you need to store or you need to save. Maybe protect. Maybe you're tangled up a little bit because what you do has so much value because you put so much time into it that you think if you don't succeed at this thing, then it's not a, bad, a good investment. I don't know what the nets are for you, but it's possible you're listening this morning and you're hearing me describe this scene in which Jesus steps into the life of four fishermen and he says, drop your nets and come follow me. I'm gonna make you fishers of men. And you're hearing that and you've never let down your nets. I'm inviting you to do that right now, to drop it. Whether that's a net of self-worth, a net of identity, a safety net, a net goal. I don't know what it is for you. But you're hearing these words from Matthew chapter 4 and from Luke chapter 5 and you're, you're thinking, yeah, I think I'm tangled up in the net and I want to let it go. It's the invitation of Jesus, drop the nets. Let him reset the target. Let him reset the goal. Come follow me. I'll show you a new way to fish, a new way to work, a new way to be human. It's not a call to leave your work, but to go about it altogether different. With new goals, new safety, new identity. Put down your nets and come follow Jesus. Join me in prayer, and if you'd like to pray along with me, I'm going to give you some words as we pray and close this morning.
Jesus, we are so prone to get tangled up. It's so easy for us in this world that we live in to get distracted. And I believe that the invitation you've provided for us is freedom. That what you're asking of us as we drop our nets is ultimately liberating. Then when we set down these things like our identity or our material trust or our goal and we replace them with a kingdom identity and a kingdom trust and a kingdom goal, Lord, you will do far more than we could ask or imagine. So Lord, if there's anyone here participating in this message right now that needs to let down their nets. Or would you lead them? As I pray these words, may they follow. God, I drop my net. I will no longer trust in my work, in who I am or who others say I am, but what you make me to be. I will place my worth and my value in you and in you alone. And my goal and my target will be to fish for men, will be to bring others along, will be to embrace a faith in Jesus Christ, releasing my nets and starting to fish for men and believing that you're gonna use me to do that. You're gonna use me to accomplish your goal and your purpose. So I surrender my life to you. I give it over to you right now. Would you take it? You tell me who I am. You set the goal. You make me a fisher of men. And I drop the nets that so easily entangle me. And I repent of the sin that has caught me up. And I ask for forgiveness knowing that you died and rose again so that I could be forgiven and free from that sin and that past. And I ask that I'd walk forward in freedom today. Thank you, Lord. And we pray these things in the power of the name of Jesus Christ who rose from the grave. Amen. As you think about what Jesus was calling these men to, it's easy to op- oversimplify it. It's easy to think, oh, it's easy for them, you know, a family business, a fisherman, you know, very simple life. All they had to do was catch a few fish. But let's keep reading. Let's keep studying. Let's keep leaning in because I think you're going to see that their lives were very complex and all that um, altogether not, not different than yours and mine. That these were men and women just like you and I. And as we walk through this passage, as we walk through the, the gospel of Matthew, we're going to see that we're not unlike these disciples They had complex lives, that they were dealing with some of the same things that we deal with on a daily basis. And as we watch them, as we watch Jesus speak to them and how they respond and react, and we listen and lean into the teachings of Jesus, we start to realize that, that God is calling us through these words, through the words of Matthew, to drop our nets and to follow him, just as those first followers of Jesus did. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for tuning in, and I will see you back here next weekend.